Attacks on the press in Mexico are on the rise. Early this May, two journalists, Yesenia Moinedo and Sheila Garcia, were murdered in the state of Veracruz in Mexico. They were the 10th and 11th journalists killed this year in the country, meaning this year's total already exceeds 2021's. And according to Article 19, Andres Manuel López Obrador's presidency has seen attacks against journalists increase by 85%. But violence against journalists itself is not a new development. And on, on the other hand, what we have is that the number of uh, crimes against journalists keeps rising. This, this is a trend that, is, uh, that started uh, maybe two, two, two governments ago, two administrations ago, and uh, it, it hasn't changed. These journalists are the most recent victims of a pattern of attacks with impunity that has existed for some time. Journalists are killed for their work. Authorities respond weakly or not at all. Organized crime groups get the message that they can kill freely. The cycle continues. Cases like Moinedo's and Garcia's occur at an alarming rate. And more so than in the past, they're happening all over the country to all types of journalists. For the press in Mexico, it seems that nowhere is safe. In this episode, I'd like to focus on the recent attacks on journalists in Mexico and whether the noticeable increase in violence this year is due to a change of conditions or a continuation of existing factors. I'd also like to know to what degree this violence has become a widespread issue. No, uh, we have seen that that there is not a place uh, where you can feel safe, and it's this corruption and this impunity. To find out some background and explanations for the recent violence, I'll speak with Marcela Turati, whose voice you've just heard. Turati is an investigative journalist at Proceso and co-founder of the journalist organization Periodistas de Apie. We'll also talk about the role of the government and what patterns present themselves in these killings. We'll also be talking with Demoris Greco, an independent journalist whose voice you've heard in the beginning. He's also an author and documentary filmmaker and has extensively covered the stories of his fellow Mexican reporters working in the face of impunity and violence. We'll discuss the patterns he sees in these attacks on the press and what it takes to continue the work of a journalist. My name is Alex Clint. I'm a contributor at the International Press Institute. You're listening to a new episode of the IPI podcast, The Press Freedom Files. Hi, Marcela. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to The Press Freedom Files. And my first question is, 11 journalists have been killed this year in Mexico, already exceeding last year's total. So what are the factors that have led to this increase in violence? I think the impunity is like an invitation to continue killing journalists. And even if somebody, sometimes the government uh, present and show to the press some like uh, hitmen or people that they say that they are the hitmen, they never catch the mastermind, the people who are behind these crimes. So it's really easy and it's cheap to order to silence a journalist 
because the people knows that there will never have a consequence. They will never have to pay something for doing this. No? That is the only answer that I have. We have, uh, it, we have this uh, big problem and crisis since many years ago. It's not a new. It's not new, but this uh, this year is most frequent, most frequent that than other years. So we are really worried. We are really, uh, I don't know, we are uh, living again all those uh, episodes that we have in past years, like uh, uh, trying to understand what is happening. You know? So this is a culmination of impunity that has existed in Mexico for a long time? Yes, we have the same factors. We we never, until now, we don't know why these killings, but uh, and we don't know because the government never clarify. And as I said, they present sometimes some people who maybe are involved in this, but they never uh, present who was behind. So. The government now says that they are not political related with these killings, and we don't know because uh, they have not proof that this is true. We know that some of them, some of these journalists killed recently this year, they have problems or they appoint or they uh, some politicians uh, that threaten them. And some of them, one of them at least, has a special protection by the local government. But, and also she was killed. So it's like really difficult to know if it's organized crime or is uh, there are politicians using organized crime that is not something new. And I'd like to go back to earlier when you mentioned the government mechanism that is supposed to protect journalists. Can you tell us some more about that? Uh, since many years ago, we have a mechanism to protect human rights defenders and journalists who are on risk. Uh, so if you are on risk, you can receive in some cases like uh, this panic button. If you push it, it's supposed that somebody will come, uh, some the army or police to rescue you or you there are people with uh, armored cars or with a special uh, people uh, bodyguards but the real thing is that this is not working and every time it's getting worse and and it has not capacity so yes uh, as we have impunity, uh, the same perpetrators knows that they can do it and they will never be punished. And you can have the mechanism and bring more and more and more people, but the capacity is not uh, enough, never enough. And you have the same people doing the same because they, they are not punished. So it's, the, this thing that I say that the impurity is an invitation to repeat it and to do it again and again because you know that you have guaranteed the yeah the 
that you never will pay for what you did. Mm -hmm. So according to Article 19, attacks on the press have increased by 85% under the government of President López Obrador. What have been the impact of both his rhetoric and his policies on press freedom? Yeah, it has been really difficult, this administration, because President uh, Andrés Manuel López Obrador is always bullying to the press and always uh, like in public presenting the press as a public enemy. Uh, I think like three times a week in this uh, conference, national conference that he gave, he daily gives a conference. And I think like three or more times a week, he dedicate the time uh, to bully and to uh, criticize the role of the press and presenting layers like enemy many times and many times uh, even this disqualification with disqualifications of really good investigations uh, other times like presenting who lies and how the press is lying against him and this that makes us like a, a really more difficult the context with these killings and not the support the journalists uh, wait for uh, the president no? No, the public support of the role of the journalists must have We've talked about the government's response to this violence, but how have journalists themselves responded to the threats posed to them? Yes, as journalists, we have as we have this uh, persecution uh, uh, many many years now. So um, we have as journalists, we have created in different places uh, collectives or organizations or some kind of networks to protect amongst us, to give some kind of training in safety, to give advice or to help journalists who are on risk, uh, even if they need something to connect them with the big organizations that defend the freedom of the speech, or I don't know. So I think journalists, we have been uh, taking serious this, not but the government has not taken it serious or not, neither the media owners. So the same journalists, we have to be looking for trainings and to creating these kind of collaborations and different trainings to, to do it better and to protect us, uh, uh, protect others. No? So many journalists who were killed this year covered local issues. What makes them targets for assassination? Yeah, the, the majority of the journalists who have been killed are not journalists from Mexico City or not foreign correspondents, are local journalists who live uh, in a really little cities or towns. And they have, yes, they have, uh, if they expose some corruption or something, uh, they have the 
the public servants against them and they know where do they live and it's like really difficult to escape and it's really difficult the life in those places no? uh, also there is a lot of uh, they have many the majority of them are really bad conditions laboral laboral conditions and not getting well paid but it can be like the most stupid uh, article on investigation or something like a, you know, the street has not liked or something like that that bother uh, make angry some politician and we have seen that really quickly and easy they uh, try to silence journalists and try threat journalists and sometimes hire people from the organized crime to do it. So this is mixed. For, for that reason, if we don't have investigation, it's difficult to say if there is a organized crime or the criminal people, or if that is uh, the politicians who are behind these crimes. Thank you. And an issue we want to analyze in this podcast is, well, it seems that years ago, violence against journalists in Mexico was concentrated in specific regions, such as Veracruz or Tijuana. Now it seems that it's taking place all over the country. So my question is, is nowhere safe for journalists anymore? Yes, uh, the beginning, uh, we have these killings many times ago, no? But at the beginning we talked that in Mexico City, uh, you have like some kind of protection, but now we have to journalists who have been killed in Mexico City. Uh, we told that people, journalists who, as Javier Valdez, who were famous, have a lot of international prizes, awards, uh, uh, that protect him. And we noticed just that it didn't happen. Or if you were a national correspondent like Regina Martinez or Miroslava Bridge, uh, you have some kind of protection, but no, uh, we have seen that that there is not a place uh, where you can feel safe, and it's this corruption and this impunity. Thank you so much, Marcela. Gracias a ustedes. Cuídense. As Marcela told us, journalists in Mexico face an indifferent government, corrupt officials, poor labor conditions, and vengeful organized crime groups who kill with impunity and at the slightest provocation. This set of conditions creates a cycle of violence that continues with no intervention. As violence against journalists in Mexico increases, so does a sense of danger among them. Some are intimidated into silence. After Roberto Toledo and Armando Linares, journalists at the local publication Monitor Michoacán, were killed this year, its editor shut down the publication, citing the discomfort it brought to those in power. As journalists continue to be killed with impunity, this has a significant chilling effect on press freedom. To find out about this sense of danger, and to discuss the effectiveness of the state interventions that have taken place, I talked to journalist Temaris Greco. In his documentary, No Se Mata La Verdad, and his book, Killing the Story, Greco investigated the challenges journalists face in Mexico. I wanted to know from someone who's covered these topics in recent years what has changed in 2022, 
and whether there's anything to be optimistic about. Thank you for joining us, Temoris. My first question is, your documentary film, No Se Mata La Verdad, covered violence against journalists from the years 2015 to 2017, which he then regarded as the bloodiest years for journalism in Mexico. Has anything changed since then? Well, um, what has changed is uh, some, some policies regarding public advertisement. The public advertisement on, on, on media has been used as a, as a tool to, to press on, 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 on media, to force them to, to take the line of the government or to be punished in case they, they go against it. And uh, so, so now this has changed a little. The, the uh, investment in public advertisement has fallen by maybe 70%. And this means that uh, this tool is not as powerful as it used to be. But it's still being used, and on on the other hand, what we have is that the number of uh, crimes against journalists keeps rising. This this is a trend that is uh, that started uh, m- maybe two, two, two governments ago, two administrations ago, and uh, it it hasn't changed. the The scandal has reached such levels that uh, that this year, because of the many numbers of killings of journalists. It seems that, that that they are putting a bit more more of an effort to uh, to to persecute those who have committed these these crimes, but there is a bunch a, a big number of crimes from the past that are not being actually investigated, and uh, and you can't as 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 we as we say in in Spanish you can't make a summer with only one bird, you need to actually have many birds. This means that. Uh, uh, the, the the end of impunity can only be achieved when they persecute all crimes. Mm-hmm. And do you think these current efforts to prosecute these crimes are genuine or intended to save face? It it I mean we still need to see results and what happens, you know. And, and maybe we, we we can tell or we will be able to to tell in in six months or a year or more. But uh, the I I believe that the president really wants to. Do something about freedom of speech, but uh, but still, does he have the tools? That's the question, because the main problem. I mean, th- this is not something that political authorities can do on their own. They need the prosecution, and and the problem is that we have a prosecution system specialized on on, on freedom of speech that was set up by the previous uh, by by two uh, f- former presidents. With the with the uh, clear intention of intention of saving face, and uh, and they they didn't really much do, do much. This this special prosecutor has um, a success rate of two percent. This means that only two percent of crimes have uh, ended with uh, someone be, be, uh, behind bars in jail, and uh, so they, 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 this is obviously obviously a scandal. If the president really wants to do something, he should push to change this prosecutor and to totally uh, renew this office and to provide them with enough resources to do what they what, what, what they have to do. 
But this is not happening. This is not on, this is not even be, uh, being dis discussed by, by this government. So uh, I'm not really optimistic about uh, what they are doing now. And talking about the tools the government lacks to prosecute these crimes efficiently, there's the issue of to what degree this response is a product of a lack of will versus to what degree it's a product of a lack of resources. So my question is, what impact do the government's policies of austerity have on press freedom? Yeah, well, austerity has, of course, an impact um, um, both in the, in the works of the prosecutor's office and also in this call called the mechanism to protect uh, human rights defenders and journalists. Because this uh, mechanism, that is, it, this is a federal uh, official program set up to, to help those people who are at risk. It has never had enough resources to attend its duties. And recently with this new government or, or, or the government that is currently there, uh, they, they, they have even cut uh, some, some of these resources. So, so we are not seeing uh, a lot of change here, but also, uh, and also they, they are trying to change this system in a way that the Federation will share the burden of, of this protection mechanism with the states, with the state governments. The problem is that most of attacks, most attacks against journalists come uh, at the state level. The idea of having a federal program is to take those at risk out of the, of the state uh, uh, um, sphere of influence to, to protect them from the local states. But uh, now, if they want to take the responsibility to the very states that are threatening the journalists and human rights defenders. Mm -hmm. Many journalists who were assassinated this year received threats before their deaths. This was reported in the cases of Margarito Martinez, Armando Linares, and Yesenia Moinero, to name a few. So are threats against journalists becoming the norm in Mexico? Yeah, I think it's very cheap, you know. It's a, it's a, it's a very cheap way to, to try to silence someone. So I know like so many people around me, not myself, but so many people around me who have received uh, direct threats. And, uh, and then what do you do? You know, I mean, this, if you receive a, a threat, maybe only a, a small proportion of threatened people are actually uh, attacked. But if, if, if you receive a threat, how can you know if it's a serious threat or is something, or, or is just someone that is, you know, like riding the wave, and then and then trying to silence you in this manner. Um, many many people they decide not to pay attention, and then they are killed. But many others actually pay pay attention and go silent, and in this way they encourage this way of silencing uh, the press. You know, in the in as long as they see that this that this works then they will do it more and more. So what can the international community do to address the state of press freedom in Mexico? I think uh, that there is a, a way, you know, like, uh, like what some, some people are doing that are actually trying to help freedom of speech of, of uh, organizations in Mexico, trying to help to create better conditions on the ground for, for the journalists to do their, their job. 
In Mexico, most journalists have uh, very, very, very low wages. They don't have uh, protection, you know, like they, 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 they don't have protection against violence, but also they didn't have protection when they were doing their job in hospitals or, or, in, or in morgues or, in, or in, in funeral houses during the pandemic. So many of them uh, got infected and died because of this. So um, I think that, uh, that helping to, to train better uh, grassroots, grassroots journalism in, Me in Mexico, that, that, that is a way. Also, we could say that um, public opinion pressure on the Mexican government should be of, of help. But, uh, you know, na nationalism is strong in Mexico. So for every government has been like so easy to, um, to deflect criticism uh, on, on their actions towards uh, journalism by, uh, by pointing at supposed uh, foreign intervention. The, uh, we, we, we should tread carefully around this. But one way is just to, to support uh, grass just, grassroots journalism and also uh, maybe helping those journalists at risk to get out of the country for uh, for for uh, some periods, you know, maybe to uh, host them in different countries when they are uh, at risk, at least by 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 uh, for the time they they are still at risk. So something we want to analyze in this podcast is the sudden increase in the killing of journalists. Eleven murders in these first five months of 2022 alone. Is there any specific reason for this, or is this an intensification of conditions that already exist? It's, it's, it's probably too early to know now, because, uh, um, you know, the trend in general murders, and I mean, like, like, like uh, intentional homicide, uh, has have been, I mean, had been the same as in, 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 the, in the previous administrations, but recently it seems to be falling, we can't be sure of this because we have elections coming next month. And uh, uh, so we should be careful about possible manipulation of figures. Mm. Is there a difference between the protection one can expect as a high-profile national-level journalist versus as a local reporter? Yeah, there is, um, there is some kind of uh, risk scale, you know, here. It's like those, who, I mean, like we had never had the murder of a foreign correspondent. Then national journalists, you know, like for, for, for important national media are less at risk. And then uh, at, at, at the local level, those correspondents for national media in the States are less at risk. And then, you know, the, 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 the lower you go, uh, the, 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 most you, the, the, the more you are at, at risk. The, the thing is that in, in 2017, they killed Javier Valdez and Miroslava Brich, and they were correspondents for, uh, for national newspaper, La Jornada. And uh, so this, uh, this was a higher, a higher profile than, than, than they used to, to, to do. And, and so actually the authorities are responding. It's like there are, there are some people in jail now because of these two crimes. The intellectual authors are, are still at, at large, but uh, but the, uh, the the authorities are doing something. Yet, uh, in the uh, latest years, um, 
a criminal gang from the state of Jalisco, maybe the most important criminal gang, the cartel Jalisco, Nova Generación, uh, has issued uh, clear death threats against uh, national journalists from uh, Milenio, which is a, a, a national uh, media organization, and Televisa, which is the most important media outlet in Mexico. They, 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 they have four national television networks. So is that risk or that sense of danger becoming omnipresent? Yeah, well, the, the people who have been threatened, some of them have actually abandoned the issues they were uh, investigating regarding this, this criminal gang. And, uh, and, and others are living with, uh, with bodyguards. You know? they, they, they have to move around and, and, and keep their lives uh, going surrounded by, by, by bodyguards. And this, 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 is, this takes a toll on, 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 on the, the person who is uh, protected this way. So uh, and this, this could actually uh, deter many journalists to follow certain lines of investigation or, or, or to cover certain issues. And mostly, if, national, if important national media is changing their attitude towards these issues, uh, what, what can be said about local media? Lo- local journalists know that, they, that if they can threaten and possibly go against uh, important national uh, uh, journalists, they are really at high risk of, of being killed. Thank you. And for those journalists who do keep working through all the threats and the violence and the government inaction, where do they find the strength to continue? Well, I mean, this, there should be a, a different answer for, a, for, each, for each person. You know, we are all different. Uh, in, in our documentary and also in the, the book I wrote, which in English is... Uh, uh, killing the story is published in New York. Uh, they, I, we, we are showing the, the stories of journalists who, who are actually living under threat in very dangerous areas, and and I and I ask them, you know, like what what keeps you going, you know, and and they, they have very different reasons. There was this journalist from the state of Tamaulipas, who uh, I interviewed. Um, anonymously because uh, his life is at risk. He has been beaten up and he has been threatened, uh, like they have simulated executions with a gun pointed uh, at his head. And still he, he told me that when he does something good, when some person comes to him and, and tells him that uh, they had a, a problem and, and this, this problem is gone because of something, this, this, this journalist wrote, he feels so relieved and so happy because, because he has taken his job. Others are like brave women. There are many brave women uh, at risk now, and they are very, very committed to the duty of journalism towards uh, society, towards the people. So there are many different answers. And, um, but I, th- I, th- I think that journalism is also is a passion. Is something that, that drives you, that, that, that drives your life, that gives meaning to, to, to your life. And this, uh, this, yeah, this is helping us all to keep going and, and to keep this, this commitment. Thank you very much, Temoris. The fact that 11 journalists have been killed this year alone in Mexico is alarming. 
But this violence is nothing new. This situation reflects a broader epidemic of impunity for crimes against journalists in Mexico that has existed for years. The president and the authorities of Mexico have created an extremely dangerous environment for journalists. Their incendiary rhetoric against journalists perpetuates distrust in the media and, many say, has enabled this escalation of violence. And with every threat to members of the press, the sense of danger and intimidation grows. While the future of press freedom in Mexico looks bleak, as Temoris Greco said, many journalists are breaking this vicious cycle by refusing to be silenced. And as recent killings have sparked strong public reaction, authorities have made some efforts to investigate and prosecute these crimes. Going forward, public pressure may help to bring an end to the epidemic of impunity for violence against journalists in Mexico. And as Marcela Turati told us, journalists have joined together to defend themselves, creating networks to improve safety where the government has failed to respond. When the state's response to attacks on journalists is as weak as it is in Mexico, solidarity among the press is essential. But until the Mexican government is held accountable for investigating crimes against journalists and for prosecuting those responsible, the cycle of violence will only continue. That's it for today. Please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe to our channel, IPI Press Freedom Podcasts. This podcast has been produced by the International Press Institute, or the IPI, and you can support our work defending independent media worldwide on our donation site. Just visit our website, ipi.media. We know your time is precious, so thanks for listening all the way to the end, and we'll see you in the next episode of The Press Freedom Files.